0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Wow, what profound wisdom. How often do you think about eternity? God's word says that one day soon, Jesus will return and life as you know it will end. Are you ready for that day? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will show you that prophecies from the book of Revelation are being fulfilled right now. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's prophecy update as shared on August thirteenth, two 2023.
1: Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Verse 14, you can join me there if you want. We're going to be in chapter 7 for a moment or two here. It's a very interesting verse in our Bibles. Solomon, inspired by the Spirit, writes, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. Praise the Lord. Rejoice. But... In the day of adversity, keyword, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. Some of your translations render it so that man can discover nothing about his future. In other words, God packages prosperity with adversity. So you're in a time of prosperity. God's blessing you. You're not in a time of adversity. Praise the Lord. But it's a package deal, because God packages the two together. He has appointed the one as well as the other. He packages the prosperity with the adversity, and the adversity with the prosperity. Why? Oh. So that we have to always look to Him, rely on Him, trust in Him concerning the future. Because you know how it is, right? When things are going good, cool. What's your prayer life like when everything's going well? How about when adversity strikes? Oh, now we're talking. Can I draw your attention to earlier in Ecclesiastes chapter 7? I want to begin reading in verse 2, and if it seems like you're at a memorial service, it's because I'm going to take you to a memorial service for just a moment, if you don't mind. Listen to what Solomon writes. Again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, it is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. (laughs) Is that backwards? I wish it was. Now he's going to explain why. Why is it better, Solomon, to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting? Why is it better to go to a funeral than it is to go to a party? Because death is the destiny of every man and the living should take this to heart. And then it gets worse in verse three. Sorrow is better than laughter. What a killjoy. Why is that, Solomon? Because a sad face is good for the heart. Why is a sad face good for the heart? Verse 4, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of the fool is in the house of pleasure. What? Hang in there with me. When you're at a party, you're celebrating, you're feasting, you're just having a great time, what is the furthest thing from your mind? Your eternal destiny. Now let's take you out of that party, whisk you away, because now we're going to go to a funeral. Now you're at a funeral, and what's the furthest thing from your mind? The party you just left. Oh, what's on your mind? Death? The reality of eternity? The brevity of life? The destiny of man? I'm thinking about that in a memorial service. I'm not thinking about that at a wedding. Pastor, what's your problem? <laughs> You have no idea. And by the way, it's not problem singular, it's plural. Here's my problem. I am keenly aware that whenever I stand behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to every week, that I speak to many who are hanging on by a thread. And they're really hurting. And they know the rapture is soon, but for them it cannot be soon enough. But God, he's given us his word that he will sustain us. He will sustain the righteous while he simultaneously restrains the evil. God will get you through whatever it is that you're going through, because He did not create you for time. He created you for eternity. This is not how it ends. This world is not your final destination. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that, because we live our lives like, Hey! I just, I know there's a saying, but I don't want to try it, because I know I'll botch it. But this is the reason, one of the reasons, why Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, it's better to go to a house of mourning than feasting, because that's when we're introspective. That's when we consider. That's when we stop and we, we start thinking about the reality of eternity. That's why it's better to go to the house of the morning. It's it's wise. Wisdom is there. See, because it's during the grief and sorrow and the pain and suffering of adversity that we take to heart the destiny of every man and the brevity of every life. And if we're honest, we have to admit that we're more apt to take to heart eternity, which, by the way, God has set in our heart during times of adversity, not during times of prosperity. This is Ecclesiastes 3.11. I love this verse. You know it. It's been put the song. (laughs) He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts. And here it is again. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. In other words, God has preset. It's a factory setting. (laughs) In in our hearts, He has preset eternity in our hearts. That's why nothing will satisfy. That's why the only thing that will ever satiate us is Him. And many have aptly referred to it as a God-shaped void in our hearts. Why is that? Because God put eternity in our hearts. Because see, He created us for eternity so nothing in the temporal will ever satisfy. Because He, the factory settings are incompatible because He set eternity in our hearts. And so now there's this longing in our hearts for that which He has set in our hearts. And we don't know what that is. Only God does, because God knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And He is the Alpha and the Omega. No beginning, no end. Try to wrap your mind around that one. No, don't. Wait. We'll have all eternity in our glorified minds and bodies to be able to comprehend that. Here's where I'm going with this. We today, regardless of whether or not you agree with this, that is irrelevant. I'm so sorry. Maybe I need to just say this at this point. Time again, maybe you tire of me saying this, but if you don't agree with me, okay, good news. You don't have to agree with me. Well, I don't agree with Pastor JD. Okay. That's not even the question. Does what Pastor JD? say, agree with the Word of God. So can you can you just give me like a week off from the, I don't agree with you, Pastor J.P.? I had to get that off my chest. That was a preface for what I'm about to say. It matters not whether or not you agree with me or not, okay? Regardless, and I mean no disrespect, and I don't mean to be mean or sound mean. I'm just going to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And it doesn't matter whether or not you agree with me or not. Here's the truth. You ready? Wait for it. (laughs) Everything we're told in Bible prophecy that would happen at the time of the end is happening right now. Right now. That's the truth. Yeah, I feel a little bit better after that. And by the way, it's that truth that has students of Bible prophecy so excited. I mean, it is a sanctified excitement about the reality of the close proximity of eternity. And it makes what I'm going through so much easier to get through and bear up under knowing how close I am to this reality. Okay, that was just the introduction. (laughs) If you'll kindly allow me to, (laughs) I want to share with you just three of the numerous and voluminous reasons that, and this is the truth, I don't care if you don't agree, the truth is the end is here, not near, here. I'm going to share with you three reasons why the end is here, now. The first of which is (laughs) this breaking news, I'm going to call it breathtaking news, about Saudi Arabia's normalization with Israel. Who knew? God knew. Brief quote. The U.S. and Saudi Arabia have agreed on the broad contours (laughs) of a deal for Saudi Arabia to recognize Israel in exchange for concessions to the Palestinians. Are you kidding me? No way. Way. Over 2,500 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel was inspired by the Holy Spirit to prophesy about that article I just quoted from. That's the prophetic significance of it. Let me give you just a quick backstory so you understand what this prophecy is about. Ezekiel 38. If you're new to Bible prophecy, that's wonderful. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Glad you're joining us. We've been talking about this prophecy for, I want to say decades, because it has been, <laughs> but. It's a prophecy about an alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm who invade Israel from the north, Ezekiel 38. And all these nations are listed by their ancient names. However, this alliance will be met with opposition from none other than Saudi Arabia, who apparently along with the surrounding peoples in that region, at this time, when this prophecy recorded in Ezekiel 38 is fulfilled, at this time, Saudi Arabia will have good foreign relations and normalization with Israel just in time. Verse 13 of Ezekiel 38. Sheba and Dedan, that's the Arabian Peninsula that was given to the house of Saud, the Saudis, Beit Saud, not the Wahhabis, otherwise it would have been called Wahhabi Arabia. Maybe that's too much. So that was given to the Saudis. That's why it's called Saudi Arabia. But in Ezekiel's day it was known as the Arabian Peninsula, Sheba and Dedan. And the merchants of Tarshish, there's a lot of debate about that, and all her villages will say to you, "Who this alliance of nations that has invaded Israel. What are they going to say? Well, have you come to plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to seize much plunder? Wait, who says that? Saudi Arabia. Wow! That means they're going to be in with Israel. That's what I just said.
0: How, how
1: specific is this prophecy? I mean, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we can go back as, as far as you want. I don't want to go back too far, because <laughs> I was still alive then. You know how it is when you're scrolling down online, your birthday. I hate that. It's kind of You have to keep going, you know, <laughs> the 70s. Oh, <laughs> well, there, there it is. There's the 60s. Anyway, enough of my problems. 20 years let's go back 20 years, OK? Ezekiel 38:13. <laughs> Not yet. No. Saudi Arabia, Israel? Saudi Arabia coming to Israel's defense, against this alliance of nations that's invading them? No way. way happening right now exactly as God's word said it would. That's just one of many. Two more for the remainder of our time that I want to share. Before I share these two with you, I think it's incumbent upon me to apprise you, or at the very least remind you, of the prophetic description of the world during the seven-year tribulation, which, by the way, we're not in yet. I know it might seem like it. We're not in it. We're just very close to it. That's why it feels like we're already in it. That's how close we are to it. So this is just kind of a, a refresher course. Can I say it like that? just a a reminder of what it's going to be like during that last seven years of human history known as the 70th week of Daniel, the seven year tribulation, while the world is tribulating, we're in that place that Jesus prepared for us in His Father's house, celebrating and consummating. Our marriage for a period of seven. So meanwhile, back here on earth, what's going on? Woo! One need look no further than to chapters six through nineteen in the book of Revelation, which provide in I mean graphic detail, horrific detail, the prophesied horrors coming upon the whole world. And this in several ways not the least of which is that of the controlling of every aspect of everything and everyone who are still alive on the earth during this time. So much so that no one will buy, sell, pose, say, or do anything that goes against the narrative, as it were, without facing the threat of being killed. Now, that statement I just made about it feels like we're already in the tribulation, being because we're that close to the tribulation, which is why it feels like we're already in the tribulation. That's about to make sense here in just a moment. When I say we are on the cusp of the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, we are a net's eyebrow away. And I haven't used that for a while. And yes, nets have eyebrows. That's how close we are. I'm speaking truth to you. Enter this article a good friend of mine on the mainland sent me last week. It was published on Monday, this last Monday, (laughs) August 7th. The title new global internet censorship began today. Did you know that? A few brief excerpts from the publication, quote, instead of global internet censorship, Google calls it fact-check tools. Its purpose is to eliminate dissent on any topic Google selects. Their partners are the, no surprise, United Nations, and the World Health Organization. Google's algorithms, quoting, are designed to delete websites that criticize topics such as COVID-19 statistics. The World Bank, the FBI's crime statistics, that's interesting, Farm GKB, and a one world global government. You know, all the topics we talk about every week. Other topics include global warming statistics provided by the IPCC, International Panel on Climate Change based in Geneva, Switzerland. The World Health Organization's findings on any topic they select the United Nations Energy Statistics Database Carbon Emissions, and the Environmental Protection Agency's Greenhouse Gas Reports. (laughs) And there's more. I abbreviated it. Still quoting the algorithms or Google's last-ditch attempt to control the internet before people worldwide can no longer access it. The goal is to have one point of view. Hmm. Google calls it data commons. All data supports one global government under the United Nations banner. Google has the only say on what news gets read or blocked from the internet
0: we're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on in spirit and truth do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through his word and that his promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7.00 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and his love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.